0: Al Sharpton takes center stage at the George Floyd Memorial. A New York Times editor urges targeting of those who disagree with the woke police. And the governor of Kentucky announces illegal racial reparations. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your data from prying eyes at expressvpn.com slash Ben. All righty. So everything is canceled, guys. It's very exciting. We've reached a new moment in America. And that is everyone who has ever said anything that the woke police don't like is canceled. They will lose their jobs. They will lose their career. Now, this had been on the way for a while. We've been seeing this for a long time. This sort of attitude that is pervasive throughout the media—that true journalism can be found in digging up people's 12-year-old, 15-year-old, 20-year-old tweets and then shaming them into giving up their jobs or leaving their positions, unless they have the proper woke politics. If you have the proper woke politics, you get to keep your job. So, if you're Jimmy Kimmel and you are the woke pope of late-night TV then you absolutely get to dress in blackface as Carl Malone and keep your job. If you're Jimmy Fallon and you have bowed the knee to the politically correct police, then you get to dress up as Chris Rock back in 2000, apologize, and everything is okay. If, however, you aren't any of those things, then your wife has to apologize, like Drew Brees, your second cousin from Duluth has to apologize, and you may not be able to keep your job at all. And this is the new pattern in American public life. So if your politics are correct, then You get to basically say whatever you want historically. And if we find something kind of uncomfortable, well, then, you know, we'll sort of brush it off. If you're Ralph Northam and you dress up in a KKK outfit in the 1980s, well, then you're totally fine. Now, I've been consistent on this, which is people sin. People are sinful. People do things that are bad in their lives and they should apologize to people to whom they have sinned and they should do restitution to people against whom they have sinned. People make bad comments. People should apologize for those bad comments. A bad comment is not the same thing as doing something deeply damaging to another human being. Right? an assault is not the same thing as saying something bad to someone. A bad joke is not the same thing as firing someone over over race. But we don't abide by any and by the way I hold to those standards right left and center. I've defended people on the left who have said stuff that is deeply offensive and wrong. To take a perfect example, Sarah I Rao, now works at the New York Times. When she was first hired by the New York Times, people resurfaced old tweets of hers where she was joking about how white people's opinions suck and stereotypical white people and all of this kind of stuff. And I said, "Okay, well, I think that those comments are pretty bad. But The New York Times knew what they had when they hired her. And so she shouldn't lose her job over anything like that, because guess what? In a a society with a lot of opinions and a lot of diversity, you're going to have to tolerate some opinions you don't like and even some nastiness. You're going to have to tolerate all that if you want to live together, because it turns out people are sinful and say nasty and terrible things to one another all the time. And that is not the same thing as ruining somebody's life. That is not the same thing as creating systems of oppression. That is not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. Now, if you're going to hold true to the standard that the left is currently setting up, which is that if you've said something that targets another group, or you've said something offensive or racially insensitive, then your life is over. Well, then that should be evenly applied across the spectrum. And then no one gets to work because as we will see, The way that this works is that the people who are deemed okay by the woke police get away with anything and everything they could possibly want to say, including some of the worst racial slurs imaginable. But if you do not side with the woke police on their decision making about policy or about America being a systemically racist and evil country and about you bearing guilt for the things that ancestors of yours or non ancestors of yours did. Well, then you are part of the problem, and we will use every indicator that you once told a bad joke as an indicator that you are a direct ideological descendant of slaveholders, even if you aren't an actual descendant of slaveholders. That is the way this will work. So you you just have to be on the right side, in other words. There are a lot of people on the left today who are saying this is the Me Too moment with regard to racism. This is the Me Too moment with regard to racism. Well, if it is, then it's going to end just like Me uh, Me Too did, with a whimper, not a bang. It's going to end the moment that the left realizes that they can't uphold their own standards. And when people expect them to uphold their own standards, they're just going to shy away from it because we know they're not going to do that. We know that they want Ralph Northam to keep his job. We know that they're not interested in ousting Ice Cube for being an anti-Semite. We know that they're not interested in going after LeBron James for his anti-Semitic Instagram comments a year and a half ago. We know they're not interested in going after Al Sharpton for being the worst race baiter of the last 50 years. We know all of that. And so what that means is that people are going to see right through this, and they're going to say, okay, this is just a politically driven hit job against people you don't like anyway. That that is mostly what this is. And that's not an excuse for people making bad comments. You should apologize, and then we should all move on with our lives. That is not an excuse for a bad old tweet. People do apologize, and they move on with their lives. But that is not what is happening right now. Right now, what we are watching is a seek-and-destroy mission against history, people trying to tear down statues of Lincoln and Churchill, not just statues of Confederate slaveholders. We are seeing people attempting to wipe away Western history We are seeing people attempt to wipe away Western philosophy. Rights themselves are apparently an exercise of hierarchical power. We are seeing people attempt to wipe away and erase aspects of history that are good. Like As we will see, Hattie McDaniels, the first Black Academy Award winner, has now been wiped away from history, according to HBO Max, because the movie in which she starred, Gone with the Wind, is now perceived as wrong on slavery. And there are a lot of problems with Gone with the Wind on slavery. But guess what? That is a classic movie. It's a great movie. You can show that movie to people and then say, here are all the things that are wrong with it. Right? But we're not going to do that. We're just going to wipe away the history and we're going to create a new world. The first, the first move toward creating a new world is destroying the old one. And that is what we are watching in real time. And anybody who says, wait a second, some things about this world are pretty damned good. Those people are now the targets. Whereas if you are trying to tear down the old world, you can say whatever the hell you want about anybody at any time, it does not matter. We're going to get to this in just one second because it's a pretty ugly world we're about to create. Tearing, tearing down the temple around the ears of the Philistines here is not what is happening. Instead, you're just tearing down the temples of Western civilization in the name of a better world, and the better world ain't coming because you have proposed no policies that make this world better. We're gonna get to this in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that personal finance these days is incredibly important. A lot is up in the air right now, especially when it comes to our personal finances. You shouldn't let your personal finances get you down. Simplify is here to help. Start healthier financial habits. Achieve your long-term goals with Simplify by Quicken. So here's what it is. It's a financial app, and it tracks not just what you have going on in your bank account right now, but it helps you forecast what is coming down the pike so that you can make sure that you have enough money in your bank account going forward. You can say goodbye to surprise charges from subscriptions you forgot you signed up for. Simplify makes it easy to monitor all your spending so you're never in the dark. Other financial apps primarily track what's already happened in the past, but again, if you're looking to the future, that's not what you need. You don't need to know what you spent last month. You need to know what you are expected to spend this month and whether you got the money to cover it. You can get personalized tips and insights to help develop healthy long-term financial habits and stay on top of your finances now and in the future. As somebody who likes to be right on top of their financial picture at all times, Simplify is indispensable. Other financial apps feel like they guilt you like they, for not meeting your goals, but Simplify isn't gonna overwhelm you with every dollar you're off by. Instead, it's just going to give you the information that you need. Start your free 30-day trial of Simplify today when you download the app or visit simplifymoney.com slash Shapiro. That is S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I. Simplify with an I at the end. Money.com slash Shapiro. Take control of technology to help you get control of your spending. It is a must in today's environment. Simplifymoney.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Okay, so How can we tell that a double standard is underway or a triple standard or a quadruple standard is underway when it comes to who must be ousted from places of public approval? Well, we know this because Al Sharpton was the keynote speaker at the Memorial for George Floyd. Now, there were a bunch of speakers at the Memorial for George Floyd who were great. Seriously, like Alveda King was great. we, We had members of the George Floyd family who were great. We had local pastors who were great. Al Sharpton's a grifter. Al Sharpton's a race baiter. Al Sharpton's a terrible human being. Al Sharpton has spent years Doing everything from inciting violence, being involved in the incitement of not one but two riots—the Crown Heights riot in 1991 that ended with the death of an Orthodox Jew, the Rosenbaum—to inciting a a an arson at a at a at a district called uh, Freddie's Fashion Mart, at a, a small shop that ended up killing what actually minority people. Al Sharpton has spent years grifting. He, he literally made up a rape case against a DA that did not exist with Tamara Browley. He's spent years saying the worst things imaginable about Jews, about white people. I mean, he's just garbage. He's a garbage human being, Al Sharpton. And he has made his career basically by going around and threatening companies and saying, if you refuse to give a donation to my group, then I'm just going to call you racist. So he did this with Macy's, most memorably, where he went to Macy's. He accused them of profiling black shoppers. And then he said, but if you give a donation, we'll quiet down about all of that. And that's essentially what he did. I'm just going to read you some of Reverend Al Sharpton's racist statements. Okay, these are things that Al Sharpton has said in the past. That guy has a show on MSNBC and he spoke at George Floyd's memorial where he was apparently the gateway to a new world, which is pretty incredible. He said, quote, white folks was in the caves while we blacks was building empires. We built pyramids before Donald Trump ever knew what architecture was. We taught philosophy and astrology and mathematics before Socrates and them Greek homos ever got around to it. Direct quote from Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. So. If some cracker come and tell you, well, my mother and father blood go back to the Mayflower, you better hold your pocket. That ain't nothing to be proud of. That means their forefathers was crooks. If the Jews want to get it on, tell them to pin their yarmulkes back and come over to my house. He also called Jews diamond merchants during the Freddy's Fashion Mart situation. This guy is being trotted out as the as the leader of the new America that is going to be built in the wake of the old racist, systemically racist America. Nobody's made a bigger career off of calling America racist than Al Sharpton without actually accomplishing anything and accomplishing his, his chief goal of making people in America feel victimized when, in fact, the American system is incredibly free. If you want to succeed in America, work hard. There's nobody sitting there saying, we want to stop you. Seriously, this, this notion that there are people who are sitting up nights trying to figure out how to stop you is insane. But the Al Sharpton perspective on the world has filtered throughout American society. Perfect example. There's a guy named Meek Mill. Meek Mill is a very, very wealthy rapper. Okay, how wealthy? Well, here's what he tweeted yesterday. Okay? And this is pretty indicative of one of the big problems in the country, maybe the biggest problem in the country, is the belief that success is out of reach unless you reject the American system. So Meek Mill tweeted, quote, I've never believed in the American system. I dropped out of school in the 10th grade and made millions at 22. The way they broke things down to me didn't really fit my life as a black kid from poverty, so I took the risk of chasing my own dreams, not the American dream. That is the American dream. You dropped out of high school and now you made millions at 22. And somehow that's an indication that America is deeply racist and wanted to keep you down. I'm going to need some better evidence than that, dude. But when you keep promulgating the narrative that black people all over the United States are being kept down by the man, that is that is a negative narrative. It doesn't help people. It is, it is the least inspiring message I could possibly think of, truthfully. And it's being parroted by everybody from Al Sharpton to Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama spoke to black graduates two days ago, and suggested that no matter how hard you work, there are people who are trying to create institutions of power to keep you down. This is a lie. It is a lie. What are the institutions of power that are trying to keep black people down when they are trying to do the right thing? Where are those institutions of power? How do we target them together? But those are not the conversations that are being had. Instead, the conversations that are being had are pure, vague conversations about vague American racial impurity and evil on race issues the, these You don't have to pose a policy solution or even an inspiring message for people who are trying to make their way in the world. All you have to do is yell at people in power and proclaim that they are racist. So Al Sharpton spent his time at George Floyd's memorial ripping President Trump and suggesting there was wickedness in high places. Which, again, it seems to me that if you're going to list all the people who have done things that, that harmed George Floyd, President Trump is not particularly on this list. But this is what Al Sharpton spends his time doing. Again, why this race-baiting grifter was the keynote speaker at this thing is beyond me. If you, you could hardly pick a worse example of a person to lead a movement on behalf of racial justice than the disgusting and Al Sharpton. And here he was yesterday.
1: We are not fighting some disconnected incidents. We are fighting an institutional systemic problem that has been allowed to permeate since we were brought to these shores. And we are fighting wickedness
0: in high places. Okay, wickedness in high places, meaning President Trump. On that on the back of George Floyd's death, President Trump has to go. Weird, because I don't remember Al Sharpton talking about wickedness in high places during Ferguson. He was very involved in Ferguson and, and in Baltimore. So really, it only applies to one side. When something bad happens in America, the system is to blame if Barack Obama is not president is basically the message you get from Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton also spent some time ripping Roger Goodell, which makes perfect sense because George Floyd played in the NFL, except for how he didn't play in the NFL and this has nothing to do with Roger Goodell. But Roger Goodell must be made to pay the price because Roger Goodell was against people kneeling for the American flag and the national anthem, which by the way, was an 80-20 proposition before President Trump started speaking about it. Most Americans do not believe that the American flag represents evil and white supremacy and racism. Most Americans don't believe that. And they don't believe that kneeling for the American flag or the national anthem is a good way to show that you oppose police brutality because it suggests that the American flag is about police brutality, which it is not. But it was very important that at George Floyd's memorial, the grifter Al Sharpton talk about Roger Goodell and how he needs to give Colin Kaepernick a job back.
1: Oh, it's nice to see some people change their mind Head of the NFL, said, yeah, maybe we was wrong. Football players, maybe they did have the right to peacefully protest. Don't come with some empty apology. Take a man's livelihood. Strip a man down of his talents. And four years later, when the whole world is marching, all of a sudden, you go and do a FaceTime talking about you sorry.
0: Okay, so now Roger Goodell must be made to kneel. By the way, they're actually talking about the possibility of Roger Goodell kneeling for the national anthem in the upcoming season. That he's going to come out and fully pander and just and kneel. First of all, Colin Kaepernick was going out on the practice field with socks that showed cops as pigs. Colin Kaepernick has led an incredibly wealthy and opportunity filled life in the United States, the kind of place where you can earn a million dollars for kneeling in a Nike commercial to pander politically. But Roger Goodell's the bad guy. By the way, he was a backup quarterback for the 49ers. If he wants his old job back, I suppose we can make him backup quarterback for the 49ers again, because that's what he was. Listen, first of all, let me just say that if I were an NFL owner, I would give Kaepernick a job. I would, because I think it would sell tickets. I think it would sell tickets, because either he plays great, in which case he becomes sort of the player that half the country loves and half the country loves to hate, or he gets completely destroyed first day on the job and gets sacked because he doesn't know how to read a passing route, which was the big rap on, on Kaepernick. and then. Everybody who doesn't like him cheers and everybody who, who, who loves him kind of recognizes that he wasn't that great a player in the first place and all this. But using the memorial service for a man who died of police brutality in order to in order to promote Colin Kaepernick's job opportunities is pretty astonishing. By the way, Colin Kaepernick just last year was given a workout by a bunch of teams and he refused to abide by the rules of the workout because he's posing. because It's all poser stuff. So you have Al Sharpton out there. Also, you have Joe Biden, Joe Biden with his wonderful history on race as everybody has noted. And I'm old enough to remember when Kamala Harris was suggesting that Joe Biden was a racist because he opposed forced busing and because he had talked kindly about segregation as senators and because he backed a 1994 crime reform bill. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden was the bad guy, but now George, Joe Biden is the good guy. Why? Because he's the Democratic nominee. So he shows up at George Floyd's memorial as well. Again, we're going to forget about all the things that Joe Biden has ever done or said because Joe Biden holds the correct, poli- the, the correct politics. That's the way that all of this works. We're going to get to Joe Biden, who is calling for change the man was elected to Congress to the Senate in 1972. In 1972, he has been in, in, in elected office in the United States since 12 years before I was born. But now's the time for change, guys. Now's the time for change. We're going to get to Joe Biden and his hypocritical bullcrap in just one second. But first, let us talk about nutrition. So I know that this pandemic has been an awful time for people attempting to lose weight. You can't go to the gym. It's been really rough for a lot of folks, but. I have lost weight during this pandemic. That's not, I'm not saying that to, to brag on myself. I am saying that because I know how to do this. And the way you do this is you use Noom. Noom is great. It is a habit changing solution. So much of losing weight and getting in shape really isn't even about your exercise level. It's more about what you put in your body. What are the kind of things that you eat? Well, Noom helps you take control of all of your habits. It's a habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. No food is good or bad or off-limits. Noom teaches moderation. can be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets. If you want, Noom doesn't tell you what to do and what not to do. Instead, it teaches you how to look inside your own mind and make better decisions for yourself. Noom has one of the biggest, most accurate food databases available. It lets you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. You're human, so if you go off track, there's no shaming. Just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. It's really great. You can chat with a goal specialist and a Noom community to get and give help to people who are going through the same thing. It really does change how you think about nutrition in a serious way, and that's what you really need in order to lose the weight and get healthier. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, Noom.com. Again, Noom.com. Shapiro to start that trial today. I've got my parents using it too. Noom.com. Shapiro. Noom dot com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Okay, so it wasn't just Al Sharpton grifting; it was also Joe Biden grifting. So Joe Biden, who again has been in the United States Senate since he was 30 years old, He was elected at 29, he is now 1,237 years old. Now is the time for Joe Biden to talk about changes. Now is the time for racial justice. Ah, Joe Biden, I see you've arrived at the party. You should probably speak at this memorial because of all of the amazing work you've done. Yeah, mm, eh. here's Joe Biden speaking from his basement at George Floyd's memorial.
1: We cannot leave this moment thinking we can once again turn away from racism that stings at our very soul, from systemic abuse that still plagues American life. Now is the time, the purpose, the season to listen and heal. Now is the time for racial justice. That's the answer we must give to our children when they ask why. Because when there is justice for George Floyd... We will truly be on our way to racial justice in America.
0: Okay, I don't even know what he means. Do you know what he means? When he says racial justice, that's a pretty, that's a pretty vague phrase. What does racial justice mean? See, To me, anytime you add a modifier before justice, you're doing something wrong. There's no such thing as social justice. There's just justice. Justice is the idea that you get what you deserve, right? George Floyd didn't deserve to die. So he was treated with injustice. Racial justice is the idea that you, by dint of your race, are deserving of something. I don't think you, by dint of your race, are deserving of anything, either good or bad. Because I don't think you control your race. I think the idea of of quote-unquote racial justice, that idea is is patently absurd on its face simply because the, the idea that you, again, ought to be given something solely on the basis of race is silly, just like social justice is silly. There's only individual justice. George Floyd deserved individual justice. No one deserves racial justice. People deserve individual justice. They deserve what they deserve. They deserve every opportunity. They deserve freedom. They deserve liberty. They deserve to be treated as individual human beings because you're not just a member of a racial group. You're an individual. So I don't know what Joe Biden means by that. It's a phrase that sounds nice because anytime you say justice and then add anything before it, it sounds nice. But, that, but unless you are going to unpack that phrase, it is a, it is a meaningless mush phrase. And again, I wonder if, if people in that crowd knew that what he was talking about was adding more funding for police, whether they would be on board with his conception of racial justice, because that is what Joe Biden has said at this point. And so, meanwhile, again, justice, justice, justice is what is deserved. Everybody should have justice. But anytime you had a modifier in front of justice, you have now moved away from the world of justice and towards something that is less just. So speaking of things that are not just, we are now moving into the Me Too era for racism is is the new declaration. What this means is not that we are going to identify instances of you doing something bad to another human being. We are going to dig up instances of things that do not meet with the approval of the woke police, and then we are going to ruin your life over them. And this is being egged on. By our journalistic, by our journalistic betters, very exciting stuff. You know, the the business of journalism becomes incredibly easy when all you have to do is search somebody's old tweets. The business of journalism usually that involves you know tracking down actual stories, but now journalism is basically you find a Yale freshman and then you go back into her Facebook posts and you find something that's racially insensitive and then you ruin her. And this is making the world a better place. So there is a, a girl. I'm going to say girl because or young woman who goes to Yale. Her name is Amanda Rose, apparently. And she's, I believe, 18 years old. There's a woman named Sky Jackson, who I've never heard of before. But she's been going around on Twitter, basically trying to uncover people's bad old posts. I, I don't know who this person is, but she decided that she was going to go after this, uh, this, this person who is just a Yale admittee for a post that was, that was put out, what, 10 years ago? Five years ago? Years ago, and for which she has already apologized, apparently. And it's, a, it's a, an ugly post about when she, I think it's from when she was 15 is the idea here, in which she uses the N-word. Yes, that's very bad. That's bad. Should she have her life ruined over that? I'm going to go no on that. She was 15 years old. This is the new standard that if you say something when you're 15 years old, we're going to ruin you. There are gonna, a, lot of, a lot of people whose lives are going to, but we understand that that is not the actual standard here, right? That's not the actual standard at all. Because if you're Ice Cube and you put out black Hebrew Israelite propaganda on your Twitter feed, and if you put out like actual QAnon anti-Semitism, you're totally fine. So Ice Cube, who has 5.3 million Twitter followers, put out an openly anti-Semitic picture yesterday. It's a picture of a bunch of old Jewish men sitting over a monopoly board that is built on the back of brown people. And he says, F the new normal until they fix the old normal. Has Ice Cube faced any blowback? Is he going to lose any jobs over this? Of course not. He's a hero of the republic, Ice Cube. So in other words, the only people who are to be targeted here are people who have the wrong skin color or who don't sufficiently bow to the woke crowd. And by the way, even if you bow to the woke crowd, it's not enough because then the next demand is, OK, so what have you done for us lately? That is the next move. And this New York Times editor makes this completely clear. Her name is Ayesha Harris. She's an op-ed staff editor and writer. She has a piece today. It is one of the most immoral pieces I have ever seen in print. It is called This You. It definitely is. And it's all about calling people out for their sins of the past but it's not really about atonement. It's not really about making the world a better place. What it really is about is shaming you into doing things that we want you to do with the threat of your career. That's really what this is about. This is why you have Jimmy Fallon on late night TV apologizing for his cruel racism from 2000 when it didn't bother a damn person back in 2000. Because it's about shaming him into doing a thing now. That's really what this is about. We're gonna get to this in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that right now, pretty bad time to go to an auto parts store. In fact, as it turns out, Pretty much every time you go to an auto parts store is a bad time to go to an auto parts store because you're, you're overpaying for the parts. Instead, you should be using the glories of the interweb. RockAuto.com is much easier than walking into a store and someone's demanding quick answers to things like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And then they just have to order the part online anyway, or they give you a generic part that's overpriced. Instead go to rockauto.com. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? That's actually happening. Very often you're paying way too much when you go to an auto parts store. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It is remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Again, rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Shapiro in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Okay, so back to this I think, morally evil column from Aisha Harris over at the New York Times. This you, it definitely is. The Twitter meme of the moment is all about accountability. No, it's not. It's not about accountability. It's not about accountability in the slightest. It's not consistently applied. It only applies to one side of the political aisle. If you are not a member of the woke initiate, then you must, you must pay. You must kneel. And if you don't kneel, you must be destroyed. And if you do kneel, you must be destroyed because there's no absolution. Once you apologize to the Twitter woke mob, there, there is no recovery. There is no world in which you come back from that. Once you apologize to the Twitter woke mob, they come for your head. So according to Aisha Harris, this is all good. She says, this you, brutally crisp and blatantly rhetorical, the phrase has become a catch-all, representing the internet currency of receipts, forcing bandwagon participants to confront things they might have said or done that seemingly contradict their newfound commitment to the cause. So in other words, what she is saying is that this you is supposed to be directed specifically at people who are signaling support for your cause. So if you put up a black square on Blackout Tuesday or whatever that thing was, and then you have an old post that is racially insensitive, we say this you because you have not shown your commitment. You are a hypocrite. And if you say, well, I apologize for that, but I actually do believe Black Lives Matter, they say, no, 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 you obviously didn't believe that. What are you going to give me today? What are you going to do for me today? Does this sound like a way to make a better world? Does this sound like a way to encourage people to be better? Or does it sound like a way to keep people silent and a way for people to basically resent you secretly, which is exactly what is going to happen? or a way to eventually cast enough people outside the Overton window that they constitute a majority of American society because it turns out that virtually everybody has said a bad thing online at some point or another. But according to Aisha Harris, this is making the world a better place one Twitter mobbing at a time. These Twitter mobs are good. Twitter mobs are good. What are her examples of a Twitter mob being good? The NFL player Drew Brees, for instance, participated in the thoroughly muddled but hugely popular social media campaign Blackout Tuesday, tweeting a link to his Instagram page where he'd posted a black square to express solidarity with black people. A short and sweet, this you was waiting for him in the form of a user's retweet, accompanied by a photo of a smiling Mr. Breeze alongside President Trump and Melania Trump. Wow, wow, owned, owned Drew Breeze. You mean you took a, you took a picture with the president of the United States and the first lady? How dare you? Obviously you're a racist and you don't care about black lives if you took a picture with President Trump and Melania Trump, obviously. Also said Aisha Harris, he's very bad because he was a vocal critic of football players kneeling to protest police brutality during the national anthem. Obviously, he's very bad, so we have to this you him. By the way, I've gotten a lot of this too. So, for example, I'll say something about how police brutality is bad and George Floyd never should have died. And somebody will tweet out a picture of me with Steve King from five years ago. Neglecting to mention that I'm one of the chief reasons that Steve King is no longer sitting in Congress. That I was the first major commentator to suggest he should be ejected from Congress after his white supremacist comments went around. And then I maxed out to his opponent, Kevin Feenstra, on the first day of the controversy. That, right, that, none of that ever happens. Nobody talks about Drew Brees giving $5 million to the people of Louisiana who are disproportionately black on a demographic basis. Okay, but according to Aisha Harris, all of this is very good. The Baltimore Police Department tweeted photos of its officers kneeling with protesters. This you, someone retweeted with a screenshot of a New York Times article featuring the mugshots of the Baltimore officers involved in the arrest of Freddie Gray. This you, Mark Wahlberg? This you, Justin Bieber? This you, Disney? Oh, well, that, that obviously is making the world a much better place, clearly a much better place. So what does this mean? It means intimidation. This is an intimidation tactic directed specifically at you give us what we want or we're going to do this to you. And if you if you have said something bad in the past, then you have to give us triple what we want. It's, it's basically a ransom note. This you is a ransom note. It is give us what we want and continue giving us what we want forever. And it doesn't matter if you apologize. That doesn't matter one iota, because if you think that people are going to just forgive Drew Brees for the great sin of having said that he doesn't like kneeling for the American flag, you would be wrong. But according to Aisha Harris, it's delectable, it's satisfying, it's a message, a message for the moment in which combating anti-blackness is the thing to do. Anti-racist literature lists are being shared far and wide. Inboxes are awash in in carefully worded, very special emails from businesses espousing key phrases like racial disparities, and we pledge to do better. Protests from city to city and country to country have carried on for many days, now featuring Ben Affleck and show little sign of slowing anytime soon. This you captures the sense among some that for all the attention given and demonstrating and donating that has occurred in the past two weeks, not much has changed. Yet. It feels like this is lip service. If everyone is cool doing it, it's finally safe for them to do too. It highlights the hypocrisy, the disconnect between actions and words. That's the power. A detailed tweet revealing how a star who just announced Black Lives Matter also has a history of mistreating her black colleagues is juicy to read. But a this you retweet from a random user is like a simple alley-oop. It just hits differently. It's a way to keep people and organizations in check and nudge them them to work harder to receive their cookies, to make it clear this won't be easy for them because it has never been easy for black people. Ah, there it is. So you may never have actually done a racist thing. You may have said something racially insensitive on Twitter once, but you don't get your cookie. Namely, we're not going to leave you alone. We're going to hound you and harass you until you do what we want because you said something 10 years ago we uncovered on Twitter. Making the world a better place one Twitter mobbing at a time. Really, really well done. The Huffington Post mirrors this message today. They have a piece by Emily Peck called The Me Too Style Reckoning for Racism Has Begun. Well, if you are going to say that it, the Me Too Style Reckoning for Racism has begun, remember how Me Too ended. Again, with a whimper. When it turns out that nobody on the left wanted to be held accountable for accusations of sexual harassment. As long as you're on the left, you were let off scot-free, and eventually the American people said, you know what, forget it. You're gonna have to show actual evidence of people acting in evil ways to women. And we're, not, we're just not gonna go along with the basic premise that anyone who has ever sinned must be destroyed by the mob. I mean, this is Salem witch trial kind of stuff that is happening right now. I'm going to give you some examples. It's, 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 it's ama- Because this is the way that it works. You said something that was racially incentive. Are you a racist or are you not? Well, if you're a witch, then you'll sink. If you're a witch, then you'll float. Either, so either you sink by apologizing, right? In which case you're not a witch, but you're dead. Or you float because you are a witch, in which case we burn you. That is the way that the Twitter mob is working these days. I'm going to give you a bunch of examples because this is the, the culture cannot withstand this. The culture simply cannot withstand this. They're, they're, we will break down into two separate cultural camps. And that is what's going to happen. Because when you remove every TV show that portrays cops decently, when you remove Gone with the Wind from HBO Max, when you decide that you're going to have every arts director fired who has ever been nice to the police, when you have decided that every editorial page editor who has ever said something you don't like, that is not even racist, just stuff you don't like, has to be, quote-unquote, racismed out of office, then all you're going to do is just set up an alternative currency. And that's what's going to happen in the United States. It's going to make the world worse. We should be unified. This is the most unifying moment ever. Everyone hates police brutality. Everyone hates racism. But... There's a whole side of the political aisle that cannot get done what it wants to get done unless it castigates at least half the country as systemically and brutally racist. If you want to tear down the system, it does not serve your interests to mention that America is actually a wonderful country that has fought against racism, particularly over the last 50 years, and that the vast majority of Americans do care about black lives and do care about police brutality. If you mention that, it cuts against your actual agenda, which is to destroy all the institutions of the country. So instead, we're going to call out every instance and magnify every instance and pretend that that is indicative of broader American racism. Every singular instance of white-on-black racism is going to be called out. Meanwhile, we are going to ignore every, every aspect of, of decision-making that results in inequality rather than inequity. That's the goal here, because the goal in the end is not to make lives better for anybody. The goal is simply to tear down the system and build something magical and new and utopian in its wake. We're going to get to more of this in one second. First is the teardown phase of this particular project. You got to tear down the rotten old infrastructure in order to build something new. And the teardown phase is exceedingly ugly because guess what? You're tearing down a healthy body politic and you're replacing it with nothing good. We're going to get to that in one second. First, let's talk about a great gift you can get for dad, this Father's Day. So I'm a watch guy. right? I love watches. I love watches. And that means I own some fairly expensive watches. It also means that I own some watches that are less expensive. Well, if you can't afford to go out and get your dad a Rolex for Father's Day, but you want to get him something that runs beautifully and looks spectacular and looks way above its price point, Go out and get your dad a Vincero. One of my favorite sponsors is Vincero watches. It's a watch I love to wear, and they're having an early Father's Day sale. My listeners already know, Vincero creates the most incredible looking watches at an unbelievable price point. Again, you're not gonna have to go out and spend thousands of dollars. These are watches that look great, well under 200 bucks. There's no better gift for a father, husband, grandfather, you name it, than giving them the gift of time with a Vincero watch. I've given them to both my parents, actually, for my mom and my dad. My wife wears a Vincero. I've given it to in-laws as well. Go check out their watches at VinceroWatches.com slash ShapiroVincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, guarantees your watch for two years. That is why they have over 21,000 five-star reviews. You won't find a better-made watch for this price anywhere else. It's a watch that is stylish and bold and built to last under 200 bucks. They also can engrave on the back, so you can actually engrave a message to your dad for Father's Day. Take advantage of their sale right now. Get up to 20% off everything on their website. None of the new items are off-limits. They have brand-new watch collections that you need to see for yourself online right now. Visit vincherowatchescom slash Shapiro. When you purchase, the discount is automatically applied at checkout. So again, Go shop Vincero right now. The deal is really good. And again, this is a great watch for dad. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com slash Shapiro. Don't pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Get up to 20% off right now. It's a buy you won't regret. And your dad is really going to appreciate. All right, we're going to get to the cancellation of all the things and the bullying of all the corporations and the assumption by every area of American life that you must bow the knee or they will come after you next. Which, by the way, is no guarantee. Just as if somebody is blackmailing you, You see this in every movie. Someone blackmails somebody with a piece of information. They say, how do I know you won't release it later? They say, you don't. Correct. Correct. Okay, all this is going to be held over the heads of the American people consistently. We're going to get to more of this in just one second. This year has been an unbelievably up and down, frankly, awful year, but incredibly busy news, stuff that you need to keep track of. And the media are lying to you on a routine basis, like all the time, which is why so many Americans Think things like the police are systemically racist and mistreating black people on a vast scale and endangering their lives. That's because the media lie to you all the time. When you can't get the real story, you have to go outside the narrative and actually get the hard facts. This is why you should go get a reader's pass today from dailywire.com. You will get access to exclusive op eds from us, your podcast hosts, as well as guest writers, in depth analysis from our daily wire reporters on top of our regular breaking news. I have a piece out today about the conflicting messages that we are hearing right now. All the messages from you must speak out to and silence is violence to shut up, you're saying the wrong thing. This membership tier is already a bargain at three bucks a month. If you join today, you get your first month for 99 cents. You also get access to our mobile app. You receive push notifications for breaking news and special content, and you can join the community of DailyWare members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. That's mobile ad-free access to all of the DailyWare news exclusive op-eds, all of our podcasts on our mobile app, all for the low price of $1. Best of all... Your dollars are getting you the news you need without the left to spin. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Also, as I've been mentioning, I have a book coming out July 21st. It's actually really important. It's a very important book. I, I rarely pitch my own work this way. It's an inc- I think it's an incredibly important book. I wrote it back in December and January when it felt like the country was starting to come apart at the seams. The pandemic hit and I was like, well, maybe it's not relevant anymore because it seems like we're all on the same page. Obviously not. The book is what is happening right now. The book is about the attempt by so many people in the media in, in academia, in the political sphere, and many of your neighbors, to divide us along racial and class lines, to, to destroy America's common philosophy that says that all men are created equal under the law, and that, to, to destroy our common heritage of rights, because those rights are apparently racist if you express yourself in a way they don't like, then apparently the right to free speech must be curbed, the right to free assembly must be curbed unless you are protesting for the right things. They're trying to cut down our common history and suggest that we don't have a common history. The history of America is just exploitation and evil. They're doing all of this to disunify the country and militarize groups against one another. It's destroying the country. My book isn't just about a description of this. It's about why it's wrong, how you rebut the arguments. It's how to destroy America in three easy steps. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. You're watching it happen right now. And really, in the end, my book is about how to save America by rebutting those arguments and fighting back against this particularly ugly narrative. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. It comes out July 21st. You should pre-order it right now. And uh, go check it out right now at Amazon.com or anywhere else you get books. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So all the things are canceled. As I mentioned, if you're a person who is starting at Yale and when you were 15, you put up a racially ignorant post, then we'll tear you down. If you're LeBron James, by the way, and last year you put up a fully anti-Semitic post, then you're fine. But if you're a Yale University freshman, Yale University will then reconsider whether they should admit you to the university. Remember, they did the same thing to Kyle Kashuv when it came out that in private text, he used the N-word when he was 16 years old. And so his admission to Harvard University was rescinded and he was outed, of course, because he had the wrong politics on gun control. And, and we've seen everything is now canceled. All the things are canceled. So, for example, we now know that all entertainment with cops is going to be canceled, which is really exciting stuff. According to Deadline Hollywood, cops has now been canceled by Paramount Network. By the way, the first show to actually focus in on body cam footage, right? Cops, if you like body cams and you like to know what the cops are doing, cops is that show. Cops is a body cam show. And by the way, I understand that the media only want to cover it when the cops do something wrong. There are 375 million interactions between the cops and citizens in the United States every year. You don't hear about nearly any of them. Why? Because most of them are the cops doing their job and doing it properly. That doesn't mean that there aren't bad and stupid cops. It doesn't mean there aren't racist cops. But to say that you cannot air entertainment that puts you on the same side as law enforcement is patently insane and makes the world the worst place. Because if now you are suggesting that the, like, what do you think the consequences of this are? When you say that the cops are systemically racist and they are targeting black Americans. Now you're a black American, you get pulled over by the cops. Your immediate suspicion is the reason that you are being pulled over is not because you are speeding or not because there is a reasonable suspicion, but because the cops hate black people. Might that change your attitude on how you deal with the police? Might that mean that a lot more 17-year-olds who are pulled over by the police act in ways that are likely to endanger them and would endanger anyone if anybody acted that way? If you want to foster better relations between the police and communities of color, then perhaps you actually might want to exacerbate the message that the police care about them, that the police want to help people. Instead, we're going to pull down all entertainment that suggests that cops are good. So Deadline Hollywood, Deadline.com reports that cops' six-year run on Paramount Network has come to an end. It was pulled last week in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. A Paramount Network spokesperson said, cops is not on the Paramount Network. We don't have any current or future plans for it to return. The long-running cops premiered on Fox in 1989 and aired for 25 seasons. By the way, note, I wrote a book called Primetime Propaganda. I interviewed the guy who created cops. You know what he told me? He told me that when they selected footage for cops, they deliberately went out of their way to undersample suspects who were black and Hispanic. He told me this openly. I have it on tape. He suggested that they went directly to the footage, and then they oversampled white suspects because they did not want to forward the perception that too many black and Hispanic people were, were committing crimes. That's the show that just got pulled down from Paramount Network. Meanwhile, A&E pulled last weekend's episodes of its hit docuseries Live PD, because obviously, if you cover the police in any good way, that's really bad. It must be pulled down. HBO Max, meanwhile, pulled down one of the great movies of all time, Gone with the Wind. Okay, Gone with the Wind won all the Oscars. It was the highest grossing film of all time when it came out. It is, of course, a classic. It also resulted in the first Academy Award win by a black woman, Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel gave us, she, by the way, today is her, is her birthday in 1893. She's been wiped away from history. She no longer matters. Because after all, we got to get rid of Gone with the Wind because it pushes images about slavery that we don't like today. So instead of just watching the movie and saying, this is inaccurate about slavery and it romanticizes slavery and that's bad. But the movie also has something to say about resilience in the face of pain from people like Hattie McDaniels and resilience in the face of pain from the other characters in the story. Instead of doing that, we're just going to pull it down. We have to erase history. We're going to Stalinize history. The guy who's standing next to Stalin on the bridge just disappeared. He's gone. No, he never happened. So gone with the wind has been disappeared into the memory hole. So is Hattie McDaniels, who in 1939 talked about what a historic moment it was that she won an Academy Award.
1: Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, fellow members of the motion picture industry, and honored guests. This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of the awards. For your kindness, it has made me feel very, very humble. And I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything that I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you.
0: God bless. Obviously, that's very bad. We can't have any of that. None of that. Let's pull down Gone with the Wind. HBO Max said that Gone with the Wind is, quote, a product of its time and depicts some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that have unfortunately been commonplace in American society. Yes. And it turns out that everything is a product of its time. All the things are products of their time. That is a truth. Okay. And you can discuss those things. That's Okay. You pulled down the movie entirely? You pulled down the movie entirely? And by the way, are, are, like, are we going to discuss movies like Spike Lee's movies that very often depict Jewish people in the worst possible light as a product of their time? No, we can't do that. that, that, that because Spike Lee's a good guy, right? That, that's the way that this works. Meanwhile, Gerald Baker, who is a Wall Street Journal editor, he has now been moved to the opinion department. He was an editor-at-large. Now he's been moved to the opinion department. Why? Because staff members of the Wall Street Journal sent a letter to newsroom leaders on Monday accusing the paper's former editor-in-chief, Gerald Gerard Baker, who's been an editor-at-large since 2018, of violating rules that apply to those who work on the news side. The letter from the board of the Independent Association of Publishers Employees, the union that represents journal staff members, according to the New York Times, criticized a column by Mr. Baker on race and accused him of tweeting in a way that went against the paper's social media policy. What did he do wrong? Well, he wrote a column over the weekend. It was a good column in which he talked about the fact that people distort the reality of hate crime in America. He described the murder of Ahmad Arbery, the black man shot while jogging in Georgia after being pursued by white men. And he made the argument that black people commit more hate crimes than white people, according to the IAPA. Well, no, he actually didn't. He actually he pointed out that black Americans kill more white Americans on a percentage basis than white Americans kill black Americans. By the way, it is not close. It is not a close statistic. If you're talking about cross-racial killings, black Americans, if you adjust for population, kill far more, I think on an absolute basis too, kill far more white Americans than white Americans kill black Americans. That's just a simple fact. He didn't make the case that those were all hate crimes, by the way. But then they, they're very angry at his column, so he has to be moved. That's the way all of this works. By the way, it now turns out that how, how bad is the, is the purge? The purge is so bad that if your wife posts something on social media, you will lose your job. Your wife. NBC News reporting, the LA Galaxy said it has released Serbian soccer star Aleksandar Katai on Friday after his wife, T. Katai, shared a series of racist and violent social media posts in response to the George Floyd protests occurring around the country. The Major League Soccer Club met with Katai on Thursday after it was made aware of two of his wife's Instagram posts she shared the day before. After fans protested outside the LA Galaxy Stadium, the club announced in a one-sentence statement it would drop Katai from its roster. His wife posted a thing, and he lost his job. By the way, the thing she posted is yucky and it's violent it's not actually racist if you actually look at what she she posted she she posted stuff again that is that is yucky and violent and she was labeling protesters thing like she she said disgusting cattle about protesters that doesn't mean that all the protesters are black they're not a huge percentage of the protesters are white should she say anything like that of course not it's gross she should apologize should her husband lose his job should her husband lose his job her husband we are now coming for the extended family of people who post bad things on social media. That's the way this is going to work. It's just amazing. Meanwhile, good news, guys. Science has shut down. So STEM is now the, the STEM fields. So that would be the science, technology, engineering, math. We are going to shut down the STEM fields. And Nature Magazine, which is the leading, the leading magazine in science, they say Nature will be joining shut down STEM, shut down academia, Hashtag strike for black lives. We'll be educating ourselves and defining actions we can take to help eradicate anti-black racism in academia and STEM. Shut down STEM. Please join us. Hey, here's where we get into the actual results of the bullying. And that is you will repent. You will atone. You will bend the knee. You will assume that you are a part of the problem, even if there's no evidence that you're part of the problem. You know how many affirmative action programs exist in STEM fields all around the United States seeking desperately black employees to join? There's a lack of applicants. This is true. Go to every major university and ask them if there are enough applicants who are qualified. And the answer is no. Do you really think that engineering programs are deliberately saying to black people, you cannot enter this engineering program? In fact, one of the big problems when it comes to the earnings potential for black college graduates versus white college graduates is how many people go into these so-called soft studies, the liberal arts, as opposed to going into majors that are likely to earn you a lot of money. But STEM is shutting down and nature is, is promoting this nonsense. Black academic and black STEM professionals are hurting because they exist in and are attacked by institutional and, systemat- and systemic racism. These are scientists. How about some stats? Like, seriously, how about some stats? Instead, it's just a bunch of argle-bargle. It's a bunch of vague social justice argle-bargle. Black people, this is according to Shutdown STEM, Black people have been tirelessly working for change alongside their indigenous and people of color allies. For black academics and STEM professionals, Shutdown academia and Shutdown STEM is a time to prioritize their needs whether that is to rest, reflect, or to act, without incurring additional cumulative disadvantage. Ah, cumulative disadvantage. That, that's, that's what's been happening here. I love this. They also acknowledge, they say, shutdown STEM is aimed at the broad research community who's not directly participating in ending COVID-19. So if you're doing COVID-19, then you don't have to shut it down. But what, make no mistake, the scientific community is now engaging in a religious Sabbath because the religion of wokeism is more important Like, okay, I understand the religion needs a Sabbath. Every religion needs a Sabbath. That's exciting stuff. By the way, arts groups are being shut down as well, according to the New York Times. After the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art in Kansas City, Missouri, allowed the police to use its property to stage a response to a protest over George Floyd's death, its director asked the police to gather elsewhere and issued a public apology. Because they allowed the police to stage a response to a protest over Floyd's death. When the Getty Museum was criticized for putting out a vague social media post calling for equity and fairness that failed to mention Floyd, its chief executive pledged to do better. The San Francisco Museum of Modern Art was, was, had to issue language of contrition. We can do better after first posting an Instagram post about how uh, about, uh, from, from an artist named Glenn Legon who is black. So arts organizations are now being held to the fire. Arts organizations, can you think of more liberal people than arts organizations across the United States? They do not exist. In New York, Off-Broadway and Brooklyn theaters, as well as the Brooklyn Museum and MoMA, have offered restroom access to protesters. Theaters in cities like Oakland, California, Austin, and Washington have done the same. The Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture created an online portal for discussion about race. The Walker Art Center in Minneapolis announced it would no longer contract the services of the local PD for events until the law enforcement agency, quote, implements meaningful change. How stupid has all of this become? It's become so stupid that Gushers, the candy, put out a statement about social justice and racial justice in the United States. Because you don't want to be the last person, you don't want to be the first person to sit down when, the, when Stalin is speaking. Famous story from Gulag Archipelago by, by Solzhenitsyn and my friend Matt Walsh, colleague over at Daily Wire, has cited. Very, very famous story in which there was a group of Soviet, uh, of Soviet citizens who were present at a Stalin speech. And after he stopped speaking, everybody stood and applauded. And then they all looked around and realized, I can't be the first person to sit down for this. It's a standing ovation. I can't be the first person to sit down. And this thing went on for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes. And then finally, somebody sat down. And then once somebody sat down, everybody sat down. And the first person who sat down was arrested and sent to the gulag. Right? Because That's the way this works. So now all corporations will be gulagged if you are the first person to sit down during the during the Maoist struggle sessions. So Gushers has to issue a statement. You know, until Gushers and Fruit by the Foot issued a statement about white supremacy, I was really under the impression that this corn syrup-based snack for children. I was really under the impression that they were very much in favor of the, of the murder of black men until Gushers put out a statement. They put out a statement saying, Gushers wouldn't be Gushers without the black community and your voices. We're working with fruit by the foot on creating space to amplify that. We see you. We stand with you. And they say, we are devastated by the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and countless others who have been killed. We stand with those fighting for justice. It's important that our actions match our words. More to come. We'll have a long way to go in the fight against racism for systemic change. Slow clap for Gushers. Slow clap for Gushers. Five seconds ago, the entire social justice warrior movement was laughing at Madonna for putting up a tape of her son dancing to Michael Jackson. And now the way that this works is that everyone is expected to dance to Michael Jackson, to virtue signal to everybody how they feel about all of this stuff. And if you are the first person to sit down, you will pay the price. You will pay the price. It, it, if you think, by the way, that any of this is, is likely to achieve anything like a lasting change, the answer is no. It's likely to achieve a really negative, bad, divisive backlash, which will be bad because, again, we should all be unified on this stuff. This is not hard stuff. Meanwhile, there are, there are real world ramifications for all of this stuff. The real world ramifications to the virtue signaling. Namely, that when the virtue signaling becomes material, and you decide to turn the virtue signaling into attacking the police, then the police walk away. So that's what's been going on right now. So what, the, the, the Democratic Party and the media have decided that the real bad guys here are the cops. The real bad guys are the cops who have stood between American citizens and property destruction and violence and death. And the communities that most need more policing are communities that experience high crime. Simple fact of the matter. I, I think it is hilarious to watch as the media try to, to treat Camden, New Jersey as an example of a city that did away with its police department and has succeeded. They did away with their local PD. They substituted the county PD. They doubled the number of officers, and they made the police force less racially diverse. They made it less reflective of the community. You want to know why crime went down in Camden? Because they took the police force from 250 to 411. That's why the crime went down in Camden. So don't tell me you defunded the police when all you did was actually double the size of the police force. But this is what Democrats are trying to do. So they want to have it both ways. It's 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 really funny to watch. They've been saying things like defund the police, defund the police, and then when they're asked about it, they go, well, "We don't mean defund the police, guys. I mean what we obviously mean is more funding for mental health services." Okay, so why are you saying defund the police? And the answer is, you're saying defund the police because what you actually want is for the radicals to believe that you're on their side, and at the same time, you don't want to do anything that actually is going to undermine safety in your city. So you're a bunch of damned hypocrites. By the way, you see this most clearly in Los Angeles, where LA City Council President Nuri Martinez was filing a motion seeking a $150 million cut from the LAPD budget. Meanwhile, she had an LAPD unit standing watch outside her home, providing her family with a private security detail since April, paid for by taxpayers. So in other words, defund the police, but not the ones outside my house, guys. I need the ones outside my house. All the same people shouting defund defund the police in the streets. Those are the same people who are calling the cops the minute that there is a crime committed against them. Detective Jamie McBride, who serves as director of the LA Police Protective League, he said, it's kind of ironic, Here she is demanding $150 million be reallocated from the police budget, but she has security at her house by the LAPD. This is absurd. McBride says, we're taking one unit away from the equation. If a citizen calls 911, there are less units on the streets to respond to that 911 call. The minute that she was asked about this, by the way, the police detail went away. Now, meanwhile, you have the gaslighting, right? It's all the police. The police are the bad guys. So the the predictable after effect, if you're making the case that all Americans are systemically racist and that the police are the bleeding edge of America's systemic racism, then you have to say the police are the bad guys. Now, here's the problem. If you say the police are the bad guys, you know what they're going to do? They're going to leave. So all the politicians are signaling this. You got Bill de Blasio, who is just a derivative idiot. I say he's derivative because he doesn't have even his own bad ideas. He steals other people's bad ideas and then he decides he's going to magnify them. So yesterday, Bill de Blasio, idiot, communist, groundhog murderer, giant weird man, he announced that New York City would paint Black Lives Matter on all of its intersections. Because you know what? It solved the problem in D.C., didn't it? They painted Black Lives Matter on the, on the street in D.C., Mayor Bowser. All violence in D.C. has been solved, guys. It's really, really exciting stuff. And so he's like, you know what? What if we paint our streets? But we'll do it at like every street. And we'll rename streets. By the way, this worked beautifully in L.A. In L.A., they, they renamed South Central Los Angeles. is a heavily black area. It had significant levels of crime. In the aftermath of the Rodney King riots, the City Council of L.A. decided to rename South Central Los Angeles to South Los Angeles. Boom! All crime solved in South Central Los Angeles. Except for renaming things doesn't change anything, and painting giant slogans on the street doesn't change anything. Here is Bill de Blasio not changing anything, but virtue signaling for the woke crew.
1: And the proposal put on table was to name streets in each borough and to paint the words on the streets of this city. In each borough at a crucial location, one of which will be here near City Hall. But what will be clear the street name and on the streets of our city is that message that now this city must fully, fully, deeply feel, and this nation must as well, that black lives
0: matter. And the best way to message that is by painting that on the streets. Wow, just amazing. I, mean, I remember when when Seattle solved all of its problems by painting rainbow flags on the streets. Also, an amazing display of tolerance and diversity that fixed all the problems. Yeah, you know, just just paint. Paint can do magic. Paint is magical. Who knew? Kneeling solves COVID and paint solves racism. Well done, everybody. Meanwhile, James Clyburn, Democrat from South Carolina, he suggested that the only violence he's been seeing is from police officers, which is um, controversial, to say the least. I mean, last night in Seattle, Antifa protesters literally broke into the mayor's office. Jenny Dur- Dur- Durkin. Jenny Durkin is the, is the mayor in Seattle. And Jenny Durkin is a far left Democrat. And Antifa literally broke into her offices and then just stood outside demanding that she quit with Councilwoman Chama Sawant, the open socialist, egging it on. Violence did not stop in Portland. It has not stopped in Seattle. In fact, wherever it's tolerated, it has bloomed. But here is James Clyburn suggesting the only violence he's been seeing is from the cops, which is just high level gaslighting here from James Clyburn.
1: Violence is not our game. That's the president's game. Insulting people. That's not our game. That's the president's game. The only time I saw violence in Washington, D.C. was those horseback riders driving people off the street. That's when I saw it. That, to me, is his game. That's not our game. And we will not play his game.
0: Yeah, by the way, there are absolutely credible reports and video of protesters. I think here he's speaking of. Uh, President Trump clearing that protest uh, or Secret Service clearing that protest. Again, it was a bad optical move. But there's video from that rally, people throwing things at cops and et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris, who was a she's a narc, right? I mean, Kamala Harris was the AG of the state of California, and she was most famous for, for threatening parents of truants with jail time. Right? And, and here she is saying that the police are bad. She says it's outdated to think that more police create more safety which is belied by every single fact ever discovered, ever. Removing police from a community do not create more safety. And if you believe they do, it's because you are a liar. She is a liar. She's a liar, Kamala Harris. Maybe vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris. Here she is, absolutely pandering. It's outdated to think more police create more safety, except that as soon as we removed the police last week, then major cities across America had to be shut down at 6 p.m. and Beverly Hills had to be curfewed at 1 p.m. That's the cops. Here's Kamala Harris.
1: The status quo has been to, d- to determine and create policy around the idea that more police equals more safety. Mm-hmm. And that's just wrong. You know what creates greater safety? Funding our public schools. It is old thinking. It is outdated and it is actually wrong and, 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 and backward to think that more police officers will create more safety.
0: This is insane. It's patently insane. Obviously, it's not true. And by the way, you know who, who knows it's not true? Joe Biden who has basically said that he's going to expand police budgets. If you want to quash crime, you need more cops. Who you, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I, I've been amused watching the tweets of people who are saying defund the police. So people are like, okay, so who will respond to the murder calls? People are like, you know what we need? We need more Planned Parenthood clinics. It's like, well, that's, that's a hell of a statement. That what's going to solve crime is abortion? It's, that, that seems kind of eugenic and racist to me. But in any case, the, this is the, the lie that is being told. Trevor Noah did the same thing. If you invest in communities, you don't need to invest in the police. Yes, that's clearly what's been missing is federal investment in low-income communities. We haven't done that for the last 60 years. We haven't invested $5 trillion in welfare programs ranging from federal housing projects to food stamps to unemployment. We we haven't done any of that. We haven't spent $5 trillion to achieve a larger racial wealth gap in the United States than we had in 1965. Clearly, if we just pour money into into inner-city communities, they will bloom like the deserts of Judea. Or alternatively, they won't change a damn thing because the problem there actually isn't a lack of money. The problem there is a lack of public safety. The problem there is a lack of people being able to graduate high school. The problems run a lot deeper than just toss money at the problem. But here's Trevor Noah saying, you don't need cops if you throw money at people. Los Angeles has announced that they will be taking money away from the LAPD and putting it into programs like education and Please don't get it wrong. This is not a spite thing. I've seen so many conversations where people seem like they're punishing the police. No, studies have shown that when you invest in people, when
1: you invest in communities, you don't need to invest in the police. It makes sense. Prevention is always better than a cure, especially when the cure kills black people.
0: Yeah, uh, the cure kills black people? No, the cure saves black people. You know how many black lives were saved in, in, in New York City over baseline? by by broken windows policing. Literally thousands of black lives were saved in New York City because of broken windows policing. The cure is not midnight basketball to crime. That does not solve crime. The cure is not food stamp programs. We've tried all of this. It has failed. The only thing that has ever been shown to lower crime rates ever is additional law enforcement in high crime communities. That's the only thing. Literally, that's all. Now, there are things that we can do to alleviate the burden on law enforcement We can make it so that mental illness is treated by actual mental illness professionals as opposed to the first call being 911. That's a good thing. I back it. But if the idea is that you remove the cops and suddenly things get safer, I urge Trevor Noah to remove his entire security detail and see if things get better for him personally. I encourage Comedy Central to remove their entire private security detail and see how things go and publicly announce it. Like, really, let's see how it goes for you. I encourage all the people who are in favor of gun control and believe that guns make America less safe and that self-defense is not a thing encourage them to all put signs on their lawn today saying this is a gun-free home and see how it goes for you. This is the lar- It's so stupid. So New York's police union head, he came out yesterday and he in, in impassioned fashion, said, you need to stop treating us like racists and thugs. We're the people who are standing between human beings who are being victimized and their victimizers. And you're treating us like we're the problem? This is the head of the Police Benevolence Association in New York.
1: Stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly
0: positive. Okay, but he's a bad guy. He's the bad guy. Meanwhile, what is the actual reparative What is the actual reparative policy that people are pushing? The reparative policy people are pushing is move the police off the streets, which is going to end with more dead black people, because in any area where you have a disproportionate amount of murder, more people will die if you remove the cops. It is simply that simple. There are real ramifications to all of this social justice warrior, warrior posturing and bullcrap. And you're not making the country better by purging people for bad old tweets. And you're certainly not making the country better by forcing corporations to bend the knee in order to virtue signal. All you're doing is driving division in an area where we should all be on the same side. And you're certainly not making the country better by going after the cops and suggesting that anyone who speaks of cops positively is by nature a racist. You ready for a giant exodus of police officers from forces? You ready to make it impossible for anybody to join a police force? Get ready, gang, because reality hits you hard, bro, as a famous man once said. All righty. We'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. technical producer, Austin Stevens, playback and media operated by Nick Sheehan, associate producer, Katie Swinnerton, edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey,
1: everyone. It's Andrew Klavan, host of The Andrew Claven Show. The empire of lies has struck back and won around, exacerbating our divisions by race. Grab your lightsabers. The movie ain't over. Join me on The Andrew Claven Show.